Today we explore inspired thinking number 12, ego is it really so bad, a dirty word? There are many planes of existence and the material one is on the surface of life. On this plane we may choose to live out most of our life and so a great journey takes place here. Unfortunately, to build wealth and accumulate children we do not have to be smart. Many an ignorant individual has used greed, fear, insecurity and anger to build a brick wall between themselves and truth, totally disconnected from reality. Because there is no security in this surface world of materials it is not a rich existence inspire of the wealth it might accumulate. Every cent might be accounted for and every expense measured, corruption in value creation and doing harm to others can be of little importance. But human security cannot be achieved through bondage to material realms and sometimes rich people are not wealthy at all. They live in fear. Often we become trapped in the transient goals of this material realm, hoping that structures and money can appease the fears and questions we all carry within. The author has met many people who have abundant money but whose personal baggage is a huge burden from childhood to grave. They always die young. One billionaire I worked with was a complete alcoholic. It would seem he would exchange his wealth for happiness but he would not and he was a 45-year-old man who looked 90 years old already. He came to me for help and haggled the fees. He was drunk at 10 a.m. each day and very sad. Healing his wounds was easy once I worked with him with a money-back guarantee. Laughter. Security cannot be found in material wealth because security is connected to our belief in ourselves to handle so much more than financial distress. The emotional aspects of life, love and loss. That is why religion was created. To give security to those who do not have self-belief. The material realm and its associated organized religion is just the beginning, it is the smallest drop in the great ocean of life. The author has learnt the techniques of self-reliance from a great many people who were not interested at all in the material realm of life people who were literally penniless but the most wealthy on earth. You know this difference already. If we want to understand something, we simply observe it. And that is how we ascend beyond just the material realm of life. We observe things, we don't criticize them, we don't condemn them, we don't reach out for it or avoid it. We just sit in silent observation of it in our office and the meat falls from the bone revealing it. To observe something is not a neutral experience. Some people say just be still and it will come. This is only partially true. Yet, there is an element of the truth in this. But it is incomplete truth. Partial truth which is always dangerous. A little knowledge is always dangerous. Complete knowledge is wonderful. Passive observation is the equivalent of waiting for coconuts to fall from trees for dinner tonight, there's a weakness involved, a victim of fate. This is not a healthy habit. In observation we are highly active. Start by the knowledge that the universe exists in each drop of rain, each grain of sand. And therefore the universe exists in what you are observing. Then you have a way of active observation, you are working on a hypothesis that if the universe exists in what you are observing then the more you observe the more the universal laws of viewpoint will be revealed to you. Any blockage to that viewpoint is your ego. Your ego sees things too. It sees imbalance, feels emotion, judges things good or bad, tasty or poison. It has a function. But in observation you wish to see really see, not with your eyes, but with your soul. That is leadership. In leadership the person with the greatest certainty leads. That certainty is not hard-headed righteousness, which is the outcome of materialistic surface thinking that is tainted by wounds from childhood. No, leadership certainty comes from observation far deeper. Certainty is experienced in silence when the universal law that runs a single cell of your body are observed in a situation or even a person's behavior. If you see with your outer eyes the situation may anger you because you compare it to the surface of your mind, the wounded ego, but if you observe with a hypothesis that the universe exists in everything, 
then you will know the difference between ego, first impression, and truth. It is not only the observation that is key, the time spent in silent observation in your office or home, but it is the confidence that the universe exists in everything that creates the superpower of leadership. No matter what your field of work, that confidence in the universal laws can only grow with constant observation and practice. That is why I recommend to every student of mine that they do daily emotional showers, it is the observation of the law of balance in the universe. With practice you master the art of seeing balance quickly and therefore the ego becomes passive. In deeper observation of people we are wise to do the discard form, all 14 columns. I also recommend affirmation as these set the tone of the observer. Affirmation do no feed ego, they bypass it. This is another universal law, the law of rhythm or vibration. We speak of self-talk as the path through the ego. And to talk to self in the three tones, of parent, adult, child. Or motivator, instructor, and rewarder. Each bypasses the ego. Then we also practice visualization. It is the universal law of the one and the many. Hierarchy. It is very important to know what all the fragments and tens of thousands of thoughts you have in a day, both subconscious and conscious are directed toward in the future. Otherwise you become without discipline, lowered in self-respect and self-reliance. You become a cork in the ocean unless you practice the universal law of the one and the many through visualization. Denials we practice as well. Denials are the gate that closes the spontaneous appetite to subordinate our life to the wounds and surface thinking of the ego. Denials are powerful because they fully engage in the certainty of the universal laws, and that is the confidence of a leader. Great composers, artists and leaders have always had the capacity to be alone for extended periods of time. The greater their achievements, the more alone they were. Musk, Jobs, Gates, are just three who come to mind in the realm of wealth and being alone. Many of us, eat, sleep and exercise in our workshop laboratory, offices, for days at a time. Interruptions would bring our mind back to the surface layers, so we immerse ourselves in the inspiration of silence for hours at a time. It is through this isolation that our mind can access the great ocean of knowledge. It is the art of observation. When I observe I see deeply. I can set strategy because my ego is not involved. To see deeply is to trust more than myself. I cannot trust myself to be so refined an instrument as to know everything well. So, I diminish my ego role in seeing and look through the eyes of the hypothesis that the universe exists in everything. When the ego is not under your control you can paint on this canvas called life any random thought that comes, you become a part of your environment, and therefore you cannot trust yourself. You will, with ego in control, meditate and say how great you are, you will be married and say how great your partner is and you will make choices as a leaders and say how great your choices are. But in the realm of the surface on which the ego lives, the world is duality. You will, eventually, hear the trumpets playing the other side of all the great, and you will witness the other side, the balance. But the leader who is deep, observing the universe in a drop, the beauty of nature in everything, will have no such shock. Many people go out into life, and face it with their ego, pumping things up or down, and then they meet with all the contracted energies and every other complexity that could obstruct their efforts, and then, only after all that, do they to think about their so-called spiritual practice as something to tack on when all the important things have been taken care of. Not surprisingly, by that point a person feels oh, I'm too tired already and gives up on the idea of developing a spiritual practice. And has another white wine. The key is to start each day with your inner work. Not separate from but connecting back to nature and its parent, the universe. Observation is done with eyes open to the world that is real, beauty reveals itself in every drop of dew, we must begin the day by observing the five laws of the universe simply in the beauty of nature. 
early is best, then as you move through the day, you will meet each opportunity that presents itself from your own center, then you establish a sense of certainty and confidence others can feel. You engage this certainty of the universe in every circumstance and have a weapon against the wild rantings and reactions of your ego. Instead, with your ego you dance with it. With the universal viewpoint, with affirmation, denial, visualization, observation, then whatever the activity, it will not even be work anymore, it's an act of love, inspirational. You find that you're tireless in it, you have all the energy you require for anything. It is a question of where you begin, and of what you understand your real work to be. Try to start out with an intense observation. Use nature, the beauty of it all, deconstructed, constructed into the love of life, and an intense love of your gift to be one of the very few people on earth who have or will ever know the existence of universal laws far greater than the surface mind of the ego. Then go wherever that love takes you and do whatever you are called upon to do from there.